when you see that you want your community to get better, if you see racism and you don't do anything about it or you don't vote in people that are going to do something about it, it's not going to be perfect, but it can be better. This is Catalyst, the stories behind the people building a better York. Welcome to Catalyst. I'm Rebecca Hanlon of Our York Media. Coming up, we'll be chatting with Delma Rivera Lytle of Central York School District. We'll talk about her Puerto Rican roots, the work of her parents to uplift the community, and the legacy that she wants to leave. Before we get into that, here's a quick story about a York College student making a difference in York, brought to you by our title sponsor, York College of Pennsylvania's Center for Community Engagement. Crafting a business plan, projecting financials, and observing the habits of your customer base might sound like the job description of a CEO, but for Devin Pyatt, a finance major at York College of Pennsylvania, it's part of a much larger project that's engaging students with the York community. Last year, Spartan Central launched at Central Market York, selling York College wares and giving students an opportunity to practice some of the basics of running a stand. But with a bigger picture in mind, Devin is leading the charge in giving Spartan Central a makeover while improving it as a viable business. So Devin, you'll be using design thinking to interview people, observe market, and prototype the new Spartan Central. What are you most looking forward to with that process? What I look forward to every year is the new class of Grand Innovation Scholars and being able to collaborate with individuals who are of different academic focuses. Uh, that's something you normally don't get as you go through higher education. Uh, usually it's, it's much more atomized. You tend to just work with people in your major, uh, often outside of the classroom since classroom is mostly for lectures. Mm. Uh, but with this program, we get to see how different majors come up with different ideas in an entrepreneurial environment. So when you, you walk into Central Market on a Saturday morning, if you can picture it with me, mm -hmm. uh, it can feel like the heart of the York community. How do you hope you can impact York with this project? It certainly does feel like a community, and uh, I really want the college to be a bigger part of it. Uh, you know, there are definite ways to measure business, is success like profit, uh, but you know, just being a part of the community means the familiar faces, uh, being part of a family's routine when they come to market, uh, putting something out there that people enjoy, that's that's really what makes it work. And that the business is student-led, uh, you know, the community gets to see what the college is really made of. And I think that'll help bring us a lot closer. I love it, I think it sounds like a lot of fun. And I wish Thanks. you luck as you revamp it this year. This season of Catalyst is supported by Stock & Leader Attorneys at Law. At Stock & Leader, our attorneys provide more than legal advice. We provide first-to-know expertise and a client-centered service through a collaborative team approach. We're more than your lawyers. We're your complete resource for legal insight and your partner for a fast-paced changing world. When decisions matter, Stock & Leader. And now, it's time to meet our catalyst. Delma Rivera Lytle is the daughter of Delma and Dr. Edwin Rivera, two Puerto Ricans who became heroes to a number of Spanish-speaking people in the city from the 1960s onward for their work in the community. Now, Delma, you were actually born in Harrisburg, 
uh, about four years earlier. You had lived in Puerto Rico as a young child before moving to the area with your family. But before we get into your story, can you talk about your parents, especially for people who might not know everything that they did? My parents had a wonderful journey in their life. They met in San Juan, Puerto Rico. My mom, it was my mom's first day of college and she met my father and they dated all through college. And when my dad graduated, then he was in, went into the army. Mm-hmm. And after he graduated from medical school, he had the opportunity to come to Harrisburg to do his residency. And then that, as you mentioned, that was when I was born. And when he completed that was when we moved back to Puerto Rico and my father had the opportunity because he did so well with his class of the residents to be offered to purchase a doctor's practice in York. Mm. And it was really a leap of faith for them to move to a place where they were not familiar with the weather, the culture. Um, They did speak English, but my mom um, was hesitant to speak it because she had a thick accent. They came here not knowing anyone and that was a real leap of faith. When my father moved here, the doctor that was selling the practice sent out a notice about the doctor that was coming and some patients decided to go to another doctor because they did not want to go to a foreigner at that time, which I think is interesting. And my mom worked at the office, so she always knew all the patients and it didn't take very long for them to become real part of the fabric of the community that people that knew him said, this is the most wonderful doctor. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not biased or anything since he was my <laughs> dad. And uh, it was just, it was wonderful. And my mom was afraid that here she was a foreigner, even though she was an American, seen as a foreigner, that she would not be welcomed into the community. And there was an organization of the doctor's wives, the medical auxiliary, that really took my mom under their wing and mm-hmm. made her feel welcome. And often my dad and my mom said it was because of that group that they stayed because their their long-term goal was not to stay here. It was to stay for a couple of years and then go back. But they realized that the educational opportunities were better for us here. Oh, wow. That's very cool. So you've, you've mentioned before that because of who your parents were that you rarely felt discriminated against yourself, but you certainly saw it around you. you. You witnessed it happening to other people. Can you talk a little bit about that? What were some of the things that, that you had seen? I believe because of the position that my father and my mom had in the community, my father being a physician, and at that time having more education than some of the other Latinos here at that time, they did not tend to be as well educated, perhaps in their language skills, were not as um, developed as my, my parents that we didn't see that kind of prejudice. And also, I had to be realistic that I am white-skinned, mm. so the white privilege came into play. And I, I learned English very early on, so I didn't have the uh, language barrier or speak with an accent. And I often have said that I wish that I had a dollar for every time that someone would say, your family does not seem like you're Puerto Rican Hmm. because they had a very negative stereotype of what Latinos or Puerto Ricans specifically were. And I think that we helped to dispel that, hopefully, because we were the first Puerto Ricans that many people in the York community 
had had met. Talk a little bit about what your parents did to particularly help other Latinos in York County. What were some of the things that they had done in that effort? They would see that after they would come to my dad for medical services that what now if they had to go to the hospital, to a nursing home, try to get a job, they didn't have language skills. My parents fortunately did not need those services. So they got together with a few people to see what can we do to have, they came up with the idea to have a center where people could come and get these services, have a social worker, have people that could provide these services. And eventually that that um, that vision that they had led to the creation of the Spanish American Center on Queen Street. And they were providing so many services and so many people were coming that very quickly that center was outgrown and the center moved to Princess Street, East Princess Street, mm-hmm. uh, to a much larger facility. And it just it just kept increasing it. And it would be standing room only mm-hmm. at times. And, and even though it was the Spanish American Center, it was a center that provided services for everyone that needed them. Okay. What was your role in, in kind of being involved in that as a, as a child or teenager growing up? Since my parents were always there when they weren't at, at my dad's office, we would be there helping to clean the center when it was first purchased. Uh, my brother and I, he did his Eagle Scout project uh, for the community room mm-hmm. in the center. And I eventually, I was one of the first social workers actually at the Spanish Center because when I graduated from college was when the services were really at its peak there. And I worked there for approximately four years. So that made me very proud to be working at the center where that my parents had founded. Mm. What was it like for you to, to be there and see them providing these services to other Latinos in the community that, that really needed them? It made me extremely proud. My parents were very revered as leaders in the community and not just revered by the people in the Latino community, but the community at large. I think when they saw the services that my parents were trying to provide, then other people, not everyone, but many people came forward to say, what can we do to help? Yeah. Um, You're named after your mother. I am. And in many ways have followed in her footsteps. Um, You've described her as a little Puerto Rican woman who wasn't afraid to stand up to politicians and really um, had it a lot harder than than you may have had. So aside from holding many of the same positions that she did and earning some of the same recognition and honors that she did, what are some things you think you have in common with her or really learned from her um, or your father as well for that matter? I think with both of my parents, their faith was very important, and that was always instilled into us growing up. So I believe that that's a legacy that I've had with them, that my faith is always very important. And they always had um, a very strong need to be of service to others. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that they grew up uh, well-to-do. It was just something that my my great-grandfather donated five acres of land to the first Presbyterian um, missionaries that came to Puerto Rico. And so my mom saw that, that here Mm -hmm. she had people in her family that donated, and that was was a lot of land in the late 1800s to do something like that, but they wanted to help. And so I think that their faith, their service to community was always very important. And um, And I don't know if I would have taken that leap of faith the way that my parents did at the time they did Mm. to move to 
a place that was very foreign to them. So uh, you currently work with uh, Central York High School. Um, and there was an incident recently um, with the board where one of the members suggested cutting your position um, as a diversity specialist to save some money for the district. And you had an overwhelming amount of support um, during that hearing. And the school board member eventually withdrew the movement to eliminate that position. What's your biggest takeaway from, from going through that process? I believe you truly have to stand up for what you think is right. I was standing up, standing up not for myself, but for the position. And this was something that I did that was out of my comfort zone. And I did it because of the support that we got from the community. And it made me realize that the services that I was providing at Central School District, which was my school district, were needed by the families and the parents. And when you have that kind of support, then you also have to step forward. And perhaps had the community not stepped forward the way they did, this school board member would not have rescinded his um, desire to really cut my position. Why do you think the position that you have within the school being a diversity specialist, why is it so important today to still have that kind of service? I think students feel very comfortable when they have someone that they can relate to. If a family comes in and they speak Spanish or they come into my office and they see the Puerto Rican flag, you just see this, oh, someone understands me and I can speak my language. And it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that speaks Spanish, but I have an ear for accents. Mm. So I can, um, I'm very patient with them. And I always say, I'm just another resource for students in our school. And I feel privileged to be at my school district and that we were very progressive. I've been at my position for 13 years now that Central School District saw the need for it as our school district changed. Because when I graduated, I was the only Latina mm -hmm. and we had one African-American in my class. And now Central consists of almost 25% minority students. Wow. Wow. So um, you mentioned that uh, you once had a friend that had moved away from York County, and they called York Yuck PA, uh, which you took offense to. Uh, now, unfortunately, that's not an uncommon sentiment that we find sometimes in this area, but you said you don't feel um, in some ways like even your own daughter is sometimes proud of her hometown. So how can we as you know, leaders in the community, as community members, um, work to change that feeling that people sometimes have? No community or no place is perfect. And unfortunately, York, especially in the last year, and we had history of riots and other negative things that have made national and international news, is when you see something negative, then what can we do to correct it? And I believe that many people in the community are stepping forward and right now, I even tell my daughter, there's groups like Latinos Unidos that the uh, very various segments of the community are working, just even the building that we're in right now, the revitalization of the city and the county. It's, it's amazing. And we have an example from Lancaster. When you see that you want your community to get better, if you see racism and you don't do anything about it or you don't vote in people that are going to do something about it. It's not going to be perfect, but it can be better. Hmm. 
So Latinos Unidos is one thing that I definitely wanted to talk about. You do many things in the community, but that was one that I wanted to make sure that we touched on. Explain to us a little bit how that organization got started. It's very interesting. It's very similar to how the group started with my parents, that we just saw that there was a need for the Latino community to once again reunite. It it seemed there was a lull, and many new professionals were coming in, and wanted to start being involved with this revitalization of York. So we just had a meeting one day at a restaurant. We said, we came up with a name. We um, are now um, a nonprofit organization. We are doing things all over the community, now getting more involved in getting chosen for boards within the community. We are very proud that we have First Friday Latino every Friday, and we use a different site within the city. And so it's really just an engagement of the Latino community here in York, and and also outside of the community as well. Why is it so important that York begin to truly take an active stance in engaging more with the Latino community that we have? The Latino population, not just only in our county, but nationwide, is just in grow- is just continuing to grow. And you have to recognize when your community is changing. And it's no longer that you can either not recognize that or not know the importance of it, or if you're a business, to know that it makes, it makes business sense also, mm-hmm. financially, with all the money that Latinos are putting into our economy. So we... We are also working with all the different organizations. There's um, Indian organizations. There's a Filipino group. We work with Crispus Addicts. So it's all of us working together. What what progress have you seen that you've been proud of already in the in the short time that Latinos Unidos has been going on? I really have to say that the way the community is reaching out to us, mm. saying we have a board position open, we want someone from the Latino community, or where can we get Latino food? What are the cultural events that are going on? These are the services we're providing. How can we reach out to the Latino community? So it's it's going both ways. Mm-hmm. So there have been uh, a number of Latinos in York that have said uh, they're building on the foundation that many people built years ago, um, including your parents. Um, how does that make you feel? And how in your own way do you feel like you can carry on the legacy that they had? Well, it makes me very proud because whenever we talk about what's been done in the past, it's always Dr. and Mrs. Rivera. They were the founders of the center. This is what they did. Dr. Rivera was the first Latino physician in York. And of course, that makes me very proud. And it's almost come full circle because... My mom, when we lived in the city, many people said that she should run for the mayor of Mm -hmm. the city of York, but then we moved outside the city limits, and that now I've been honored to be chosen to run for the 93rd District here for the House of Representatives. So it's just truly ironic, and I sometimes have to pinch myself and think, what would mom and dad think? And many people have said to me that they think my parents would be very proud of this. How does that make you feel, you know, if you could imagine them seeing what it is that you're doing now? I think that they would be very proud and say that they they paved the way for a lot of people and were the role models for many people to say that you can make it when mm-hmm. you have 
doubts about yourself or when you're not sure what the future holds that you just have to put yourself out there. You may have your haters. You may have the people that question and this is not going to come to fruition. Many people did not think the Spanish Center was something that was needed or that they really supported and my mom just kept fighting and fighting for it and got others to help her with that fight. And so I believe I have that fight. Mm. Well, Delma, thank you so much for stopping by to share your story with us and, and talk to us about the different things that you're doing in York. We truly appreciate it. Thank you. It's been an honor for me. If you want to check out more episodes of Catalyst, visit ouryorkmedia.com slash catalyst for show notes and more. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and bonus points for leaving a review. This project was funded in part by the York Social Venture Challenge Grant from the York County Community Foundation. Our title sponsor is York College of Pennsylvania Center for Community Engagement with support from Stock and Leader Attorneys at Law. This show is produced by Will Hanlon and Caleb Robertson. I'm Rebecca Hanlon, and you've been listening to Catalyst from Our York Media. Thank you.